Welcome to the Mayo Clinic Cardiovascular Continuing Medical Education Podcast. Join us each week to discuss the most pressing topics in cardiology and gain valuable insights that can be directly applied to your practice. Hello, my name is Paul Friedman. I'm chair of the Department of Cardiovascular Medicine. And today I have the good fortune of being joined by my colleague, Dr. Malik Shrestha, who is the director of the Mayo Clinic Aorta Center of Excellence, director of aortic surgery for cardiovascular surgery. Dr. Shrestha, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much, Paul. It's been a, pl it's a pleasure being uh, together with, with you today. We're gonna talk about the frozen elephant trunk procedure which has been an important advance in surgical management of aortic dissections, aortic aneurysms. But before we get there, let's review a little bit for our listeners. What are the most common manifestations of or how are these diseases most commonly diagnosed? Although aorta is one organ, so there can be various other diseases, for example, an aneurysm or a dissection. In the dissection, it's easy because uh, the patient will have severe pain. Um, what the people that who've had it say that the most penetrating pain that one can have in life. So you, they will have some sort of a, a very something, someone like stabbing pain uh, in the chest. So they would immediately go to the uh, doctor anyway. And then the easiest way, the quickest way would be do a CT scan with contrast to see if there's a dissection in this ascending and the arts uh, of the aorta. So that's easy. There, it's always uh, the CT scan, the best thing. But also, we also need an echocardiography to see whether the aortic valve is involved, if there are other valves involved. So that's the second test that we would need to do. In case of aortic aneurysm, again, to see the dimension of the aorta, CT scan is the best with contrast uh, dye. But also, we could uh, do, especially in younger patients, with Marfan patients, we are doing the follow-ups, then an MRI could also play a role there. Yeah, and so the, the key is to uh, suspect it from the symptoms and yeah. rapidly go to imaging to enable the yeah. uh, life-saving surgical intervention, which come, brings us to our next question. I'd like to talk to you first about the frozen elephant trunk procedure. What exactly is that procedure and who would benefit from it? So the frozen elephant trunk procedure is a technique that was developed about 23 years ago to treat complex aortic arts pathologies, both chronic dissections, acute dissections, and also aneurysms, whereby one had a prosthesis that you can replace the whole of the arts and put a stent in the descending aorta so that the patients, at least some of them, can be treated with one-stage procedure. And in some of the patients, even if they do need a second-stage procedure, the second stage could potentially, in many of these patients, be uh, endovascularly treated. Tell me about the invention and creation of this procedure. So the classical elephant trunk procedure was also developed in Hanover, where I spent the uh, last 26 years uh, before coming to Mayo Clinic. And Professor Hans Boss in 1982 came up with this so-called elephant trunk technique, which was a revolution for that time. Then around uh, the turn of the century with new technologies with the stents, we developed uh, this uh, frozen elephant trunk technique. And specifically in 2000, between eight and 10, I, along with one other surgeon, actually developed uh, the Thoraflex graft together with uh, Teromyotic, which has finally now, after 25,000 implants all over the world, been approved by the FDA to be used in US as of last year. I see. Well, congratulations on finally getting that approved in the U.S. It seems like it will open up options. 
what are the advantages of this approach compared to the other approaches? And maybe before we talk about advantages, you mentioned it was for aneurysms and dissections. Any other indications that we should also be aware of? So uh, it's mostly for the aneurysms and the acute dissections, uh, also the chronic ones. But the, in the aneurysms, as long as there's a landing zone, then that means in the descending aorta. With this craft, one could treat the patients with a single stage procedure. It would still be one open surgery, but they would not need a second stage procedure. For the acute dissections, although it's a big operation, you know that the acute dissections are the biggest emergencies that a cardiac surgeon can face. So with this uh, graft, if we treat the arts and put the stent in the descending aorta, then these patients, we have shown over the last 20 years that do not come back, at least for the arts and the descending aorta. If they do come back for the lower part of the descending, they can still be treated with a TIVA. So that means for the patients, either they don't come back, or if they come back, they need it, uh, only a TIVA. Because we know that in acute dissections, if we don't touch the, do the total arts or the, with the frozen elephant trunk, up to 30% of these patients come back for a redo arts. It seems like the main advantage then is one open surgery treats the problem mm -hmm. with a risk, a small risk, but a risk of needing an endovascular procedure down the road, but the open surgery is, is more definitive. Yeah, correct. Because they need one open surgery anyway for the first stage. So that goes away with the second one. Yeah. I see. Okay. Now, many of our listeners will be cardiologists as well as uh, other specialists who are, are not practicing cardiac surgery. Um, so one of the questions would be, what is, is there anything special or any considerations during follow-up of a patient who's had a frozen elephant tongue procedure? findings on physical exams, specific imaging studies that are useful. What should the cardiologist know about treating a patient following the procedure, both early afterwards and longer term? So for the follow-up, what uh, I would advise would be to get a CT scan before discharge. So we have a baseline CT scan. And then if, depending on whether it's an aneurysm, maybe one after six months and yearly afterwards, and in acute dissection, one maybe three to six months, and then nearly afterwards. And here, because you have done so great uh, job uh, with uh, artificial intelligence, I think a role could be there because otherwise a radiologist would have to spend a half an hour going through the CT scans. If we could develop some sort of protocol for that also, that would really help, especially the radiologists in smaller hospitals to do the follow-ups and that would save the patients, you know, coming, having to come back to Mayo Clinic or bigger centers. And also sometimes they would, not, the computer would not miss what sometimes the doctors may miss. No, that's a, a phenomenal suggestion. Mm -hmm. What are the complications that the cardiologist following a patient should look for and, and how common are they? The complications would be not the graft itself, that only because the aorta is diseased, then the cardiologist or the any follow-up follow uh, physicians have to look for is whether the aorta is dilating in, uh, in follow-up. So if it becomes larger and larger and more than, let's say, six centimeters, then we may have to do a re-intervention again. So I that's see. the most important thing. Got it, got it. Okay. Now, you are a co-inventor of this. How many of these procedures have you done? I myself have done around 300 plus of these. Yeah. Uh, this is one of the, at least in the Western world, the largest series, I would say. Uh, but worldwide, more than 25,000 have been done with this graft alone. So this is a That's, big number. No, that is remarkable. Well, Dr. Shrestha, thank you so much for joining us today. 
it is remarkable how these surgical improvements are improving outcomes. And your leadership uh, has been so important for the Aorta Center for helping us have frequent reviews of diagnosing, detecting, and treating aortic pathology. So thank you for your expertise. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. Thanks again. Yeah. Thank you for joining us today. Feel free to share your thoughts and suggestions about the podcast by emailing cvselfstudy at mayo.edu. Be sure to subscribe to the Mayo Clinic Cardiovascular CME podcast on your favorite platform and tune in each week to explore today's most pressing cardiology topics with your colleagues at Mayo Clinic. This has been a Mayo Clinic podcast.